Pastor Ray Bentley with insights from the night Jesus celebrated Passover with his disciples, the night before his betrayal. Jesus did something that had never happened before on that Passover. He lifted up the fourth cup. You know, the fourth cup is called the cup of praise. But Jesus said, I'm not drinking this. In fact, I won't drink this one until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And when you say blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, when Jesus comes back. Spread news of his people coming down before the King. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. A Jewish Passover Seder paints a picture of the history of the Israelites, but it also paints a picture of the Messiah, Jesus himself. The symbolism isn't subtle, and today Pastor Ray shows us just how bold this picture becomes when you put the pieces together. Let's listen as he walks us through a Passover Seder. We want to look at Luke chapter 22, and you can see the title of the message is Passover and Communion. So we're going to start talking about Passover, and then we're going to draw out of the Passover meal that part of the Last Supper that we now celebrate as communion. Let's look at verses 17 through 23. It says, And then he took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table and truly the son of man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And then they began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. So here we have uh, the communion uh, supper, the Passover meal between the Lord and the disciples. So I want you to, let's start uh, with what are they thinking on that night? Well, they had been celebrating Passover for many years. Jesus now uh, for 30 plus years. They're remembering the Exodus, what happened when they were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. The story of the Exodus was to remember the power of God to deliver a nation and literally in a day. By the, by the plagues took some time, but finally it was on Passover. It was on that night. The death angel went and there was blood on the two doorposts and on the lintel beam, the Old Testament picture of the cross. And on that next day, Pharaoh had had it and said, go, as all the firstborn sons' lives were taken. And so that meal on that night was remembering the power of God to deliver. Now, promised new life and a new kingdom by Jesus and as I mentioned here in your notes, whose name in English is Joshua. His Hebrew name is actually Yeshua. The English form of that is Joshua, and Jesus is actually an English transliteration of the Greek letters that are found in the oldest New Testament manuscripts, Jesus. And so we have a J instead, so we say Jesus. 
So who was it that led the children of Israel finally? Moses led them out of Egypt and into the wilderness, but who was it that actually led them into the promised land? His name was Joshua. And Joshua is Jesus. Yeshua is Joshua, and the name Yeshua means God is our salvation. God is our salvation. You shall name him Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. So even as Israel had a Joshua lead them out of the wilderness into the promised land, we have a Joshua, Jesus, who will lead us how many would agree this world is a lot like a wilderness? Does it ever feel like a wilderness? We're wandering around and gets dry and it seems like we're going in circles, but the day will come he will lead us on into the promised land even of heaven. Interesting, uh, Joshua chapter six, verse five. Let's read that scripture out loud together, shall we? It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout and then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. That, that scripture, you know, they marched around for uh, six days, um, and on the seventh day they marched around Jericho seven times, and then the walls fell down, and then they said, you will ascend up when you hear the sound of the trumpets. That's a type, really, of the rapture. We are going to hear the voice of the Lord and the archangel and the trumpet of God and then we shall ascend and rise up and be caught up into the presence of the Lord and be with him forevermore. Amen? Amen. You guys ready? How many are ready for that? Are you listening for the trumpets? Lord come, let's go. So honestly, this is your exodus. This is not only the story of ancient Israel, but this is your story and my story. And just as the Jews made it into the promised land of Israel, so you and I who trust in our Joshua will make it into the glory and to the promised land of the kingdom of heaven. The Passover then really is telling our story, the, the bitter life of slavery that we had in sin. Our final trip will be with him as we get to the eternal promised land. And by the way, we're going to heaven for a little while. I mean, we keep saying, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. I want to go to heaven and go to heaven, go to heaven. Well, when we finally do get caught up to go to heaven, guess what? We're there for a little while. We have the marriage feast of the lamb and then heaven comes down to the earth and we're going to be down here. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and the lion will lie down with the lamb, and we shall rule and reign with him right here on the earth. The, the mineral kingdom will be healed and restored, the animal kingdom will be healed and restored, and uh, you know everything, the plant life, it's just gonna be like paradise. The whole earth is gonna be beautiful, like the Hawaiian Islands, and we will rule and reign with Christ. So our lives, we can see a parallel between us and ancient Israel. Then again, notice this. Jesus, his own personal life and his own personal story, he did everything Israel did too. When Israel was created by God, you know, it was really started by uh, this older man named Abraham and this uh, older woman, though she was still beautiful until late in life, uh, named Sarah. And they were sold, their bodies at least, that they could not have children. So the story of where it all began with Abraham and Sarah starts, I mean, and then this from Isaac comes the entire 
Jewish race and the 12 tribes and ultimately the Messiah himself. The whole thing started with a miraculous birth. Abraham and Sarah had a miracle, a child that was born miraculously. And that was a picture of what would happen with Mary as the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. Jesus himself was born in a miracle. And then as the children of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob finally went down to Egypt, guess what? So did Jesus. You read about him, he's born, he's in the gospels, and then all of a sudden there's trouble and the Lord warns Joseph in a dream, get out of here. And where did he tell him to go? Go down to Egypt. Even as Israel went down to Egypt to hide out for a while, so Jesus went down to Egypt for a while himself. And then they, um, they came back. And guess what? When Israel finally coming back from Egypt and they enter into the promised land, guess what happened? They're surrounded by enemies. Well, guess what happened to Jesus? He left when he was little and he went to Egypt for a while. Then he came back and as he grew up, he too was surrounded by enemies. And the enemies mocked both uh, Israel and Jesus. But God still called Jesus and Israel my son. If you have a pen or pencil, write down this scripture reference, Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, and then Matthew chapter 2, verse 15. Hosea 11, 1, and Matthew 2, 15. You can look them up later. God called Israel my son, and he called Jesus my son. And finally, the Romans crucified Jesus on the cross. And may I add, they crucified Israel when they destroyed the temple and the city of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. We've received so many comments from listeners on what Pastor Ray's teaching and the ministry of Maranatha Radio has meant to them. Thank you, Pastor Ray, for your wonderful teaching. I still listen to you and appreciate the fact that your messages are still available. I'll pray for your family especially your son, Pastor Daniel, for wisdom as he continues in ministry. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings and now that of Pastor Daniel are continuing to touch lives. If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment on our homepage at www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Okay, now here's what I wanna do. I wanna show you a little bit a, uh, uh, of a Passover service and how the communion came out of it. Um, and so there are four cups. I've got a little, little cup up here. There are four cups in a Passover service. I wanna show you which one of the four is the one that we share when we have communion. The first cup of a Passover meal is called the cup of sanctification. And so the Father will lift up his cup and, uh, and they will all now drink just a little bit of wine. And this is where he will say, we are sanctifying this meal. We are going to remember tonight the power of our God to deliver us and to bring us into liberty and freedom. So the first cup kind of you know, sanctifies, gets the evening going. Now, after the first cup, he does something very interesting. The father in a home will take, here's this pillow, and it looks like a pillowcase, right? And it has actually three compartments in it. So it's like a pillowcase with layers so that there's a top, 
compartment, number one at the top, and then there's one in the middle, and then there's a third one uh, down below. And inside of each compartment, there are three loaves, uh, loaves, there, there are three matzah, it's called, of bread, unleavened bread. Now, what is the significance of leaven? They couldn't make bread. Uh, they were in haste when they left Egypt, so they didn't have time to put yeast in it, and so they would rise and be puffy. They were leaving fast, so there was no leaven. Well, leaven in the Bible becomes a type of sin, that God wants us to leave the leaven behind as we make our way to heaven and to the promised land. Amen? So they go throughout the whole house and search, get all the leaven out of the house. Every Passover, they would do this. But after the first cup, the father is sanctified, you know, the evening and the meal, he reaches into this little pillowcase and he goes for the middle matzah bread. And it's called the afikoman. Is that a funny sounding word? This is called the afikoman. The middle bread to ensure that it has no leaven in it so it would break the type and the symbol of the whole meal of the evening and again type of sin so that's got to be gone they bake the bread and they do two things to ensure that it will not rise they've made done everything they can to make sure there's no leaven in it but then it is pierced it's got little tiny holes in rows all the way along the bread is pierced and then secondly Again, to kind of ensure that it doesn't rise, it is striped. Pierced and striped. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Okay, here we are. We're, we're in an Orthodox Jewish home. There's all these Jewish people. And the Father has just lifted a cup, sanctified. We're going to remember tonight the great Exodus. I've got this pillow here. And I've got three uh, loaves of bread, three matzah. And each one of those three is striped and pierced. Now, guys, what I'm going to do is pull the middle one out. Not the first one at the top, not the third one down in the bottom, but the middle one. We're going to bring the middle one out. And then what he does is he breaks that in half. Okay? Are you following me? Number two, loaf of bread, striped, pierced, out of the three, is broken deliberately in half. And then you take a, a linen cloth and you wrap it around the afikoman. So, okay, it's striped, it's pierced, it's the middle one out of three. It's, it's after it's broken in half, it is then wrapped in a linen cloth and then it is, it is buried or hidden. And so they tell all the children to close their eyes for just a moment. And then he goes and he hides it. So then that will come back later. Now, does anybody see any significance to anything that we've just done? Does anybody, is there any bells going off, any connections being made? Now, how, and I'm telling you, this is, here we are as Christians going, whoo, you know, we see something very bright and clear. But I'm telling you that every year, for thousands of years, Jewish people do that. How do they explain that? Well, one of the ways that they would, you know, well, it's the, you know, prophets, the priests, the Levites, and the, uh, you know, leaders or whatever, and, and they, then the middle one, but how do they explain the middle one is taken out, hidden, buried, and broken? Well, we don't really know. But I submit to you that going back thousands of years, uh, here's the picture of God 
This is three, by the way, the pillow is three in one. Does that, does that say anything to you? Three that are in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The middle one is Jesus, say Yeshua. Yeshua. Was taken out of the middle and, and there's the picture of his own body that is now striped on the cross and pierced with the nails and broken by crucifixion and buried and wrapped in linen and then hidden until the end of the meal. So we'll get back to that in just a moment. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. Now, then you come to the second cup, all right, in the meal. So that dad goes, okay, cup number two, everybody, and he prays a blessing over it, and this, you take your finger and you dip it into the wine and you, you sprinkle uh, the wine on your plate 10 times with 10 drops, and they repeat the 10 plagues. Uh, which, by the way, if you don't know, the 10 plagues were basically 10 different gods that the Egyptians worshiped, and God knocked them all down like dominoes, one, two, all the way. So frogs, you know, were multiplied, uh, I think, that why did God, uh, you know, he, they kind of were judged with their own gods. They were by the Nile River, so there was lots of frogs, and so they worshiped. They said, frogs are gods. These are gods on the, along the Nile River. And so the living God said, really, you think frogs are gods? You like frogs? I'm going to give you lots of frogs. Millions of frogs. So many frogs that everywhere you went, there were frogs on the walls, frogs in the halls, frogs in your bed. They're throwing their frogs out the window. They're so frustrated. They're stepping on frogs. They're stepping on God. He's basically humbling them. Hey, you know what? Frogs aren't gods. Frogs are frogs. So anyway, 10 times you go through all the 10 plagues. That's the second cup. Then comes the third cup. The third cup is called the cup of redemption. This is the cup we celebrate in communion. The third one. But before the third cup, it is now that the Ophicomen is found. So they say, okay, um, children, I want you, I've hidden the Ophicomen somewhere in the home. You need to go and, and find it. It's hidden somewhere, but usually it's kind of an obvious place and the kids find it. And whoever finds it brings it to dad. Now, you know what? I have to buy this from you, so. Gee, do I have any money? Because you have to redeem it. You have to re you, the, the dad has to buy this back. And you know how you buy it back? You have to buy it back with silver. Did you know that? The Jewish father goes, hey, I got to get the Ophicomen back because we got to eat this. So then we can drink the third cup of redemption. So I got to buy it with silver. And so are you following me? The Ophicomen, number two, taken out, pierced, striped, broken in half, wrapped in a linen, buried, hidden, comes out later in the meal, and then he's got to redeem it with silver. What was Jesus sold for? 30 pieces of silver. The price even of a slave. So now the Ophicomen comes out, it comes back out, and then you know what the dad does? He says, here's the Ophicomen, and he breaks off a piece of it, and he hands it to everybody that's there celebrating, and each one eats a piece of the Ophicomen. They eat the bread called the Ophicomen, which means we don't, it's a mysterious name, but one of the names is, uh, he has come. Ophicomen, he has come. It's Jesus. The Messiah has come. So they break off a piece and everybody eats it. So Jesus takes the Ophicomen. They've done this forever. And he, he breaks the Ophicomen and he gives it to all the disciples. And then he says, take, 
eat this afikoman, this bread that was striped and that is pierced and was broken in half and was buried and which you just saw was redeemed with silver. Take and eat for this is my body which is broken for you. And the next day is when he went and was broken. And that night is when he was sold for 30 pieces of silver. And then he was buried after he was striped and pierced and he was wrapped in a linen and he was hidden in the cave with a rock in front of it. And then he came back out and he gave his body as life to all who believe in his resurrection to be his eternal family. Is that awesome or what? Awesome. Then you drink after eating the afikoman. Then he goes, okay, cup number three, let's all drink of it. You pray a blessing, this is the cup of the redemption. Jesus lifted up that cup and said, this is the cup of my blood. This is the new covenant. Spoken of in Jeremiah chapter 31. You can read all about it, where I will write my law upon the tablets of your heart. And they drink the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood after my body is striped and pierced and broken and wrapped in linen and buried then my blood will be shed for you and this is what will redeem you. My blood as the Messiah will redeem you forever and ever. And then after that, there is one last fourth cup. Jesus did something that had never happened before on that Passover. He lifted up the fourth cup. You know what the fourth cup is called? The cup of praise. Hallelujah, we've gone through the whole ceremony and our God is a powerful God, an awesome God. And you, it's the last cup, cup of praise. And then you sing a hymn. But Jesus lifted up the fourth cup and he said, I'm not drinking this. Not now. Not yet. In fact, I won't drink this one until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And when you say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I'll rejoice when my own sons and daughters and when my own people and the Jewish people and all the Gentiles that God has gathered in and made into one new body and one new man, when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When Jesus comes back, you know what this means and it touches me. We're gonna have, have a communion service again and Jesus who you will see with your own eyes, even though he's shining like the sun, seven times the sun in his brilliance and glory, you will see his body. The body that was 2,000 years ago was striped and his back pierced, risen, resurrected, the wounds have healed, but you will see the scars. And he's gonna give us communion. I think we're gonna go through the whole thing. And then finally, he's gonna do what he didn't do 2,000 years ago. He's gonna say now, Let's drink the cup of praise. For thy kingdom has come, thy will is done on earth, finally, as it is in heaven. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley, pointing out that great day that we're waiting for, that Jesus is waiting for, when we drink the cup together with Jesus. Glad you're along today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled Passover and Communion. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. 
Plus, click About and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email, free of charge. And then, after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we are approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us but we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.